Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's such a huge part of life, losing your beloved. Mm. You know, it, it puts everything else into perspective. And writing fiction at that time, for me, just seemed like child's play. Yeah. That's how it felt. This week on Grief Encounters, I'm talking to Eilish Nigwibna. She lost her husband, Boo, in November 2013. During the interview, she actually says that she's starting to feel happy, which I think for somebody like me, who's quite new to it still, it's really um, makes hopeful. She is quite positive about the fact that time does heal, which is something I think... A lot of people question and also time is different for everybody. Um, In her book, she says time heals, but time takes its time, which it certainly does. And especially for a lot of people who are in the throes of being newly bereaved in the first three years, time does seem to take its time. But she also talks about various different things. She talks about the process of changing bank accounts and household bills after being bereaved. She talks about filling the forms. She talks about work and how returning to work can be a momentary solace from the pain you might be going through. And the importance of work and the importance of finding new things to do. Time heals, but time takes its time. Work is the great comforter. And luckily, there is always work at hand. These are words from Eilish Nigwivna, who is this week's guest on the podcast. She's the author of 12,000 Days, a memoir of love and loss, which is a beautiful account of her relationship with her husband, Boo, who passed away in November 2013. So six years, do you really think time Heels, or do you think that's just something we say to make people feel better or make ourselves feel better? Well, possibly it depends. Um, but in my case, it's true. Yeah, Really? I feel much better about it all now than yeah. I did in the first couple of years. But I know it isn't like that for everyone. So I'd be reluctant to toss it out as uh, as a general principle. I would guess, though, that for most people, of course, things get easier over time. Maybe it's that it changes after a while. I mean, I found the first year sort of like a a blur. And now I'm in year two. I actually find it much more difficult because it's reality rather than 
just the sort of sort of silent sense that this isn't really happening. I know what you mean. And I think in the first year or even two years after my husband died, it was just such a hugely traumatic experience. Mm. I think I was wallowing, not wallowing, but overwhelmed by grief quite often. Mm. Um, you know what people say, it comes in waves. And I think mm. it was like that. And the waves are closer together at the beginning and then they they're further apart as time goes on. So I think the first year or two, it's really just about surviving um, without the person you loved. But then at the same time, I suppose you're getting used to it. No, I, I would definitely say six years, it, time goes by very quickly, really. But I would say I feel very different now from what mm. I did two or, you know, about three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's so really so great to hear. Yeah, no, so many people listening. I did say it at the literary event a couple of weeks ago and a few women came up to me and said, um, thank you for saying that because nobody ever says it. I mean, maybe there's a sense that you're betraying the dead mm. person. It's not that. It's not that I forget my husband at all. Far from it. But, you know, sometimes I feel happy quite a lot, really. You get used to it. You find new ways of living. Maybe it is partly that I haven't quite faced up to the reality of, you know, now I'm alone, whereas yeah. I always lived with him. <laughs> Just talking about the loneliness, that point, mm. because I think it's a huge thing that I think is such a personal thing in grief because you can be surrounded by a million friends. You can have a load of kids running around the place, but there's still this innate loneliness in your head that it's hard to sort of, I think, sometimes recognize that that's you. It's hard to recognize that you are on your own. You're lonely because the other person isn't there anymore. Well, I was offering my condolences to an elderly woman in Donegal, a lovely, dignified country woman whose husband died a few months ago. Mm. And, um, you know, they'd been together for 56 years or something. Yeah. And she woke up and he was dead Um, beside her. And she just said, I'm in another world now. And I think it is like that at the beginning. And the first thing is at the beginning, you have lots of people around you, helpers and so on and so forth. But you just don't have the one you want. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, you miss him just totally. And obviously one is grateful for the support and all that. But that's not what you really are longing for. The one you're longing for is not there. And it's the worst thing that can happen to you, I think, really, to most ordinary people, although it does happen to at least 50 percent of the population, I guess. Mm. Um, but I think first you're just missing him mm. and that goes on for a very long time. And there is this experience which I had in certainly already. See, I'm forgetting the experiences. I did write it down, so mm. it's in the book, but I had the, the experience quite a lot at the beginning of not believing that he was dead. And yeah, but I, I think that's quite the, the walking normal. through the front door. That, that's and right. Sort of Looking over your shoulder to see where they'd sit. Yeah, I did a lot of that, which was just like, which which sort of has stopped because it's it's year two and it's this is it now. It's reality. This is the new life rather than yeah the old life. Which I'm sort of interested in what you say about time because I think that brings its own battles because I think there's an expectation that you're sort of you got through year one, so people think she's doing great flying it yeah you know and you might be sitting there going 
deep breaths. <laughs> no, you know? a, a couple of weeks after my husband died, I was out walking. Walking was one of the things mm. that I, I could do. And I met a neighbour, you know, not somebody I knew very well, who had lost her husband when she was young, like 20 years earlier. And she said she wanted to talk to me. And she said, it takes a few years to get back to yourself and mm. thought I can't possibly survive this for a few years I mean mm. I just thought that sounds like absolute disaster but she was right it mm. does take two or three years I'm sorry to say first you miss him totally then, then there is a point life. when you miss yeah. yeah you're missing the person that you loved and you know had so much in common with and talked with and who was there to have di you know just to be f there for mm. you all the time um, but then your life has changed in my case like a lot of bereaved spouses, you know, suddenly I was on my own in the house. I'd never been alone in a house really for more than a couple of days yeah. in my whole life. So there's that. And I think maybe when you get over missing the person, you begin to realise there's a loneliness. I yeah. have to get used to that as well. That's another. There's so many aspects. There to are. It. And it's sort of like a learning process. Yeah. As you go along like yeah. at the moment, I think I'm discovering the lonely part of it and the fact that you sort of go at the weekend, you've stuff to do and you've people to see, but like yeah. something may come up and it's you plus one. So oh. your lucky friends are being asked to, <laughs> to everything on the planet at the moment. But it's sort of like sometimes you just want to bring who you want to bring, not, yeah, yeah. you know, the different aspects of the grief and obviously bereavement. And it's not something that's talked about very much is there's like also a huge financial side when somebody passes away, if you're a couple. Yeah. And you've talked about work in your book. Well, yeah, your income is halved, mm. it seemed to me, more or less overnight. And uh, that's very, uh, yeah, that's a big thing. It's it's it's, it's sort of like it's another frightening. struggle. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many. Um, I mean, there's the emotional thing which is so enormous but then there are those aspects practical things that all come at you immediately mm. like getting used to a different income and also all those forms you have to fill out <laughs> and yeah. places to ring pension. up and yeah yeah, yeah. they don't make them easy either <laughs> well i have to say i found it extremely painful for mm. some reason to do pretty ordinary things like ringing up the mm. um, insurance company and saying my husband is dead now mm. and the bank and you have to change your account. Do you think, do you I think found it, them very nice yeah. on the phone and a thing that happened to me, obviously I would do this when I was, you know, in a very sound frame of mind and feel totally competent and everything mm. and then I'd find myself bursting into tears on mm. the phone when I mm. read out something very bureaucratic like booze uh, you know, in a insurance number or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I always found the people on the end of the phone who, you know, presumably, you know, there'd be some young guy mm. and um, it's just so sympathetic. Or they'd just be silence. They just seem to, maybe, yeah. maybe they're used to it. It can't be that used to it. But I was very touched by how um, sort of kind they were and they would say, oh, it's okay. Mm. You can do this later. You can yeah. bring me back. Or in the bank, I burst into tears and <laughs> said, "Please uh, come and have a cup of tea." Yeah, because I, th I think it's the shock. Like I remember, like we had a certain account that all the bills would go out of, and because it was so sudden, um, um, because like Martin used to deal with that side of stuff, yes. <laughs> and 
which sounds very 1920s, but that's just the way we, we managed it because I was so busy and um, and he was also was far better at maths. But anyway, um, so he sort of dealt with that side of it and I suddenly realised about a week after I went, hold on a second, I don't have X, Y and Z account number. So I sort of just got into my head a week later, I had to go to the bank, not thinking, of course, they turn around and go, well, he's dead. We have to shut it down like now by law. So yeah. of course that was like one thing that just I was like oh no you can't shut it down yet don't shut it down and they were like well we have to because it's 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 the law and yeah. also you need access to the money mm. uh, because it was in both both our names <clears throat> but they were just so kind about it and the guy actually had lost his brother so we ended up having this but it's the little things that just well those little things uh, there's are huge qu- there's, things yes <laughs> and there's quite a lot of them and uh, they are somehow the last thing you want to be dealing, dealing with when yeah. you're in this state mm. so I guess there's a reason for these laws some of them seemed a bit peculiar to me not that it was a big deal in the end I had to change my um, PRSI number because I had a shared one and um you can't have that anymore. But I thought, well, why? Why can't I have the same one? The other person isn't there. <laughs> why is it such a big issue changing the number? Mm. Or the count name on the bins was a big one for me. Yeah, no, in, in, in my case. Oh, really? In my yeah. case, Boo also paid the bills and he was very good about it. As soon as the bill came, he'd mm. pay it first. Yeah. I'm inclined to say, I'll do that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, and no, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, work's a big thing. You wrote the book. At what point did you say... I want to write this or did it happen organically? I mean, I find sometimes with the podcast that can be very therapeutic. Yes. Depending on how I'm feeling on the day or was that what it was? Was it like therapy for you? Yes, probably. I, I mean, I was working at, I, I was teaching creative writing and I went back about it four weeks later mm. and that was fantastic. Was thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, I wasn't in the position where I was working full time or anything mm. which might be different. But it's just the getting up it's in just, the morning. Yeah. And I realised even after my first class I have to focus so much on mm. the teaching and on the students and we're just all here mm. talking about a book or something and that was a beacon of hope for me yeah. I realised I can concentrate I can forget about this even though afterwards the whole thing would come back yeah. pouring over me again but still that was good the book I suppose you could say it happened in an organic sort of way I write all the time but I didn't feel like writing fiction I wasn't in the mood for making up stories or anything like that yeah, but I wrote a diary can I just ask you about that because fiction is escapism yes. and did you feel you were sort of betraying your reality by writing sort of made up stories. I, Is that I, ju- why? I just couldn't bring myself to get into that. Yeah. I mean, I escaped by watching movies and yeah. reading other people's books a bit. Mm. But it's such a huge part of life, losing your beloved. Mm. You know, it, it puts everything else into perspective. And writing fiction at that time for me mm. just seemed like child's play. Yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah. So, um Psychologically, I don't know what's going on there, but it did occur to me a few years later. I realized I haven't been singing at all for two years. I haven't sung a song. I'm a very bad singer, but I sing to myself in the car and that sort of thing. Mm. And my theory is that something about the fiction and the writing and the singing are all coming from the same 
part of me mm. and that for some that had kind of closed down so I didn't do that but I wrote a diary all the time around that time when Boo died and for a couple of years and then at some point not too long after maybe about a year and a half or so two years I began to shape it into the book mm. and there was a reason for that um, outside of myself one of the things I did a great deal of in the early days and for some years was I read an awful lot of books about bereavement and grief written by other people. Did you find those difficult to read early on? Did you wait? No, I wanted to read them. Mm. I found them. Now I say I comforting seems like the wrong word, mm. but I liked reading them. Yeah. And yeah, I did find them comforting in some way. You know, Joan Didion's Year of Magical Thinking, yeah. all the ones that, that to me Joyce Carlow's yeah. widow story and C.S. Lewis's and so on and so forth. And there are lots of the books out there. So I did find those good to read in some way. And I think this is a genre worth um, adding to, worth worth getting involved in. So it was partly for that reason. Mm. Unless you've been through it before. It's such a new experience that you sort of don't know what to do in that situation because you've obviously never been in it before. The majority of your friends probably haven't been in it before either. So you sort of find yourself a little bit on a limbo with books like that. I mean, I found Joan Didion's book was the first one I read, but it took mm. me a year okay. before I could read it. Mm. it did, I did try a couple of times uh-huh. and then just went to Kant. And I'm just wondering about the importance of your book and other books as a form of just letting people know they're OK and that it's almost like a friend that understands. Yes, that's how I would put it. It's a friend who understands. Yeah. It's somebody who gets it. I have to say um, I'm older than you, so I knew a lot of people who yeah. had been widowed, sometimes widowed, but it's mostly widowed, actually. Mm. And I realised when it happened to me how lacking in understanding I had been. I didn't get it. I mean, obviously, you know, in the past, I felt sorry uh, for people and probably helped a little bit. Mm. But um there's no way mm. I got it yeah, until I it happened to yeah. me. And I, f- I felt kind of ashamed about that because, you know, I didn't get it when you my own know. mother, yeah. uh, when my father died. I just didn't realise, you know, I'm a writer. I should have the imagination. Uh, anytime I imagined it, because I did write about it a bit in fiction beforehand, I underestimate it all mm. the time, the impact that this has mm. on the individual. So I guess in those books I found, especially by good writers who are used to analysing emotion and so on, like Joan Didion and Joyce Carol Oates and whatever, Julian Barnes, they deeply get it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. We did a podcast with a close friend of mine, actually, Paul Harrington. He lost three of his siblings. And I would have been very close to him at the time yeah. and I knew them and mm. it was in quite quick succession. And I remember at the time always being around for him and making sure he was okay for whatever. But I absolutely no way understood. And yeah. I actually felt afterwards and I said it to him, I feel like I was such a shit friend <laughs> to you because I didn't get it. Mm. And there's no way you can get it either unless you're in that club, I think. Apparently not sure it's mm. rare but once you are in the club you do get it so yeah. though even now after six years you see I find myself moving away and being a little more cavalier bereavement and loss and grief it's a cliche it is the price you pay for love mm. so if you take the risk of loving somebody yeah. totally you know this may happen at any time mm. so I think you sort of have to keep like I mean I know I kept that phrase sort of once I'd read it in my head for ages but then there's times that, that it's not enough do you know that way it's no good you know? I mean I say grief is the price you pay for love that's that's not going to help you in the least yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean not, not until you're well out of it and yeah, you're and feeling yourself again and yeah. just uh, picking up not until you're well out of it I mean we've talked about time obviously mm. which is a big thing for you and you know six years down the line you sort of said two to three years before you start perhaps moving in a different direction I suppose it is do you think it's quite damaging sometimes when people put a time limit or perhaps you yourself give yourself a time limit do you think you're better just going with it and see where you end up yeah, rather than I, going, I, by Christmas I'm going to be better <laughs> I think you're probably right I know yeah. I saw a counsellor for about a year after Boo died and she was always, uh, she was lovely, but she was critical. She said, do you want to put a time limit on it? Maybe it was because of what that woman said to me. It takes a couple of years that I thought, OK, if I hang in for a couple of years, something will change. So, yeah, the time can vary for different people anyway. Retrospectively, now, a few friends of mine have said, um, I didn't want to tell you, but when my mother lost my father as it was in this conversation after about four years I could see mm. some sort of lightning happened yeah. but yeah. you know who's going to tell you yeah in four <laughs> no years. I, I yeah actually so and I, and I have also yeah. quite tactlessly last year met somebody an acquaintance I suppose mm. who had in fact lost her husband just at the same time as me this was after five years and I said you feel much better now don't you and she said no 
Mm. No, and it, and I thought you're wrong about this. It's not the same for everybody. Mm. So yeah, uh, no, it it's not one size fits all. Mm. Do you think it's helpful when people actually are honest about it? I was going to say there that like the amount of people I've said to at the second year is so much worse. Yeah. And they turn around and go, oh, well, I didn't want to tell you that. But yeah, do you think it would have been more helpful to hear at the beginning? Or do you think even I think if I'd heard it in the beginning, it would have been I don't think I would have computed it. I don't think it would have sunk in. I don't think anything sinks in yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I think it's true the second mm. year. It's not better anyway. Mm. So this whole time thing, it's nearly six years since Boo died. It's definitely different now. Yeah. Um, but I worked at it too. I didn't just kind of sit there and wait for time to pass. And that was one of the pieces of advice I got somewhere in one of the many self-help mm. books. Um, keep busy. Yeah, keep busy sounds a bit trite, but actually I think yeah. there's truth in yeah, it. Yeah. Keeping busy does help. So I had a, a schedule of all kinds of activities um, and some new things. Mm. Um you get help from various places. The self-help books, they vary a lot. Some of them are mm. dreadful, really. And programs um, about um, one or two years uh, after the death, Maureen Gaffney had a program on RT called How to Be Happy. And um, it was about people suffering from severe depression and all kinds of things. But she did get around to um, a bereavement and death. And she's pragmatic. Um, she gave the advice if you set yourself some sort of a goal to do something mm. um, nothing to do with the death necessarily that that will help you to overcome so activity does help yeah, yeah. no it does and also from a sleeping perspective and a like I took up running which I never like, really last, yeah 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 I could hardly walk one foot in front of the other but uh, yeah no, it, it's escapism yeah, I put my headphones in. I don't talk to anyone for an hour. Right, and it helps me sleep. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and I think the endorphins and the exercise. Mm-hmm. De- but it takes a while to get to that point because I mean, you just you you, you just sometimes you just don't want to do anything. No, I I, I think mm. um, you you for 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 the first probably longish period um, you you have to just get through really. Mm from hour to hour almost and I think it's yeah I think it's after that that you can start you know taking up some, yeah. doing something hard like running yeah. oh my and god something different. That's <laughs> yeah. and something or different and something different laughing at me my 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 um um, active work because he used to just have a joke about because it's really in where we live like everyone walking around in their uh, jogging gear and That's stuff right, yeah. and it's just, so that it is quite funny in my head he's always in the back of my head going what are you wearing <laughs> um, from the point of view of now your book I mean it's it's uh, called 12,000 Days a memoir of love and loss how important are the memories now how and how do you look back on them do they make you smile do they make you cry Um. Mostly, um, they're they're okay, and I remember, um, you know, nice times, and um, I remember a lot of things my husband used to say, um, with certainly without sadness. Um, so yeah, um, that that's 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 fine. Um, occasionally, something hits me um, still mm. that. Uh, you you can get a kind of side swipe 
that you hadn't been expecting mm. and not very often though but um, I know a thing that occurred this summer um, to, to me that I had no expectation of I went to we used to go to Kerry a lot and I still do but um, I came up to Dublin on the train from Tralee station and when I went to the station I realised I haven't been here uh, without him at all in the five years mm. and I got this kind of mm. <laughs> sudden whammy that uh, you know used to happen all the time but hadn't mm. happened for a year or a mm. couple of years so um, there are things like that hard, those yeah. yeah and they're kind of interesting though aren't they mm. that somehow was something associated you know Tralee railway station it's not a romantic no, place but, it, 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 <laughs> but it, it was so full yeah. of memories yeah. and um, it just um, yeah I, I kind of missed him a lot for for a while at that station, um, but um, but mostly it's it's not like that. And you know, I got I've got into the habit. I did this really from pretty early on of talking to him mm. and um, asking him for advice. Yeah, I used to do that with, and I still do actually, with my mother who died um, uh, eleven or twelve years ago. Um, if I'm in some kind of a quandary or a situation where mm. I have to make a decision, I I ask them, <laughs> mm. and I can I usually know. Uh, mm. I think uh, it's projection, obviously, but um, I think I usually know what they're going to yeah. say. <laughs> or do you think perhaps it's sort of the like when when obviously somebody very close to you dies, like like a partner, it's that sharing is gone. There's no sharing of things anymore or oh. questions or advice or funny stories and all that sort of thing because I know that like I always I this uh, two of my kids birthdays are in March yeah and I remember being in Smith's last year which would have been the first was the first no the second anyway I was in Smith's so it would have been the second time round we'd we'd done a birthday and um I I, I went and it, it'd been a while I put my hand in my pocket to go and ring Martin and ask should I get X or should I get Y yeah. which was ridiculous because I would have just got what I thought anyway do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. and I'd have ignored his advice said, yeah, yeah. but it was this sort of like it just in the middle of Smith's in Jervis just all the tears because I, for no reason I went and the amount of arguments we would have had before about why'd you get that that's too expensive shit the lump of plastic <laughs> all this sort of stuff which I didn't have to have that argument anymore but yeah. now I couldn't share it Actually, and I think that's a huge thing it's a huge thing it, a, a huge thing is there's nobody to have an argument with mm. yeah. <laughs> in the kind of way you can have it with your, your with your husband yeah, <laughs> may, may, okay yeah. May, maybe if you've got uh, Children, uh, teenagers yeah. around. No, I, yeah. I mean, you've like, still got the the there's op- opportunities, but yeah. um, like uh, you, you tend to be more guarded with mm. actually everybody else. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> than you. So uh, I think that's yeah. something maybe one doesn't because that's part of the fabric of the whole thing. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, that's actually interesting. You say <laughs> that because I find, whereas I'm usually a pretty patient person at work or mm. whatever, mm. that I will find I get a little bit more. <laughs> quick to say my bit <laughs> um, in the safety because, of your own home yes. it, it, no but it, it work because I don't get to do it at home anymore <laughs> so mm. it's like you sort of have to go gosh that's not the way I'd normally react but I think that's where 
perhaps it comes from. Okay, that's you know, interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, but the mm-hmm. sharing, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that sort of thing. The 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 events, and you know, um, after my husband died, uh, one of my sons. Uh, got married and that that was it it was fantastic but still you kind of think oh it would have been Mm. so nice if he was here for this and um and the and the two of them have had you know babies and yeah Yeah. all that yeah yeah yeah. it's events and yeah yeah that you 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 would like to um, be able to share the joy with somebody who was kind of involved in exactly the same way as yourself so uh that's not there i remember missing when my mother died um I, I missed that aspect of it as well when she I thought because she was the granny of course there's nobody else who actually um, is as interested in yeah. the trivial details of my children's yeah. lives even my husband as yeah. as she is there's nobody <laughs> to ring true. up and you know say yeah. something yeah you lost it, a tooth yeah. That, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. no you know, it is there are only a few people like in the world who care about grannies these ridiculous and things no yes. to all the dads but you know um Eilish I think you know personally I feel very relieved to see when you said at the start of the chat that there's moments where you feel happy I think that's very important because I think for a lot of people who are sort of new to this, I think it sort of gives a little bit of um, sense that you'll get there and that other people will get there. So it was lovely to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.